Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Today's a special day. It's Tuesday, and on Employment Matters podcast, that's Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in our members from around the world who share with us some of the important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Today, we'll be learning more about doing business in Ethiopia. I'm pleased to welcome to the show Heymanat Zaleka, a lawyer at Mesfin Telfesan Associates, a part of the African Legal Network. Good morning, Heymanat. How are you? Good morning, Peter. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Looking forward to learning more about Ethiopia. Let's start off with a general overview, if we can, of the jurisdiction. Fill us in on the economy, the population, maybe some of the demographics of what's going on in Ethiopia for our listeners. Thank you, Peter. Ethiopia is a developing country in Africa. Its economy is basically dependent on the agriculture sector and manufacturing sector, of course. The manufacturing sector and the agriculture sector operate hand-in-hand manner because the manufacturing sector normally receives inputs, raw materials from the agriculture, such as food and beverage, and this head and uh, skin-related materials. And regarding the population in Ethiopia, it has been a while since an official census has been conducted in Ethiopia. But uh, various reports indicate that the current population of Ethiopia is around 100 million up to 110 million, which is among the highest in Africa. And the government structure, of course, the federal constitution has established a federal government structure. There is a federal government and a regional government structure. Both governments have a legislative, executive and judicial power. And of course, with this large number of population, there are more than 80 languages which are spoken in Ethiopia. And the culture is also several multicultural country, which is known for being a diverse nation, one of the diverse nations in the world. This is the general overview of Ethiopia, Peter. 80 languages. So how many languages do you need to speak as a lawyer? Because we are based in Addis, we normally speak Haric and the other languages are based in regional governments and regional states. So So is English the business language over there or will companies that are coming in speaking English or French or German, will they need to have some translation done or is there a business language that most people know? The official language of the federal government is Amharic as provided under the law, but the business language is more of English because most of the business transactions are related with cross-border transactions and there is no need of having a translator to communicate with a lawyer in Ethiopia. Wonderful. Let's talk about some of those key industries in your jurisdiction more specifically. What would they be? As a developing country, most of the sectors are currently growing. And also with the recent change of policies and legislative reforms that have been done in connection with the formation of a new government back in 2018, various key industries are emerging in Ethiopia. To mention some, the manufacturing sector, which is related with the agriculture, plays a significant role in Ethiopia. And the banking and finance, the telecom industry and the ICT-related industry also play a significant role in the economy in Ethiopia. To discuss a few items regarding the key industry sectors, the banking and finance sector. Currently, the banking sector is closed for foreign investors, but the financial technology regime is being open to foreigners, which the government has already given its commitment to provide financial technology license to to telecom operators. And the financial technology sector will also be open in the near future, in the very near future, to foreigners. 
So it's really growing sector or industry in Ethiopia. And the manufacturing sector also plays the highest role in the country's economy. It's based on the, uh, the agriculture sector. And it's more of related with the exporting commodities, such as coffee, lasering, head and skin products, and also this sesame seed products. The manufacturing sector is really having a significant role also for the employment sector because it employs a large number of employees. So it's really contributing to the country's economy and also the employment sector. And the telecom sector is currently one of the most attractive sectors that, that's being open to foreign investors in Ethiopia. That the Ethiopia Telecom, which was state-owned for several decades, is under the process of privatization. The bid has already been floated and it's in progress. One additional telecom operation license has already been provided to Safaricom and the other telecom operation license is in process. And in connection with this opening of the financial technology and the telecom sector, the ICT sector is also growing because these sectors are more related with having modern and established technology platforms and systems. So these are more of the key industries that are currently growing in Ethiopia. Great. So let's talk about the key structural issues. If I'm an employer coming to Ethiopia and I want to employ locally, what are some of the employment-related issues I'm going to run up against? Are there unions? Are there work councils? And also, have things changed much over the last 12 months? The employment sector or the employment laws are categorized in two regions in Ethiopia. The managerial employees are governed by the civil code and the non-managerial employees are regulated by the labor proclamation. When you see the labor proclamation, it's more of a pro-labor type. It regulates the minimum conditions of work and the other basic elements that should be included in an employment contract. The managerial employment relationship is more relaxed because most of the issues will be regulated under the contract. The labor unions, it's recognized under the law and the labor proclamation especially emphasizes on the right of employees to form a labor union, but in practice, it's not a common practice in Ethiopia to have a labor union. It's usually practiced in larger industries and manufacturing companies because it's not common in Ethiopia. Affirmative action, the law already provides such kinds of affirmative actions or affirmative support to women in case where if a woman candidate is passing through a recruitment process and if the score for these two candidates for a man and a woman is similar, the law provides that the woman should be selected and be given the opportunity to be employed. So in such a way, the affirmative action is already provided under the labor proclamation. As I mentioned earlier, the civil code is more of a relaxed one, which is applicable on managerial employees. The trade union issue and the affirmative action action issue and the minimum conditions provided under the law are only applicable to non-managerial staffs. And the changes in the last 12 months, of course, it's related with a global emergency, which is COVID-19. The Ministry of Labor and Social Skills enacted a workplace protocol in connection with COVID-19 in order to mitigate its impacts on, on the employment sector, on the, on the workplace environment. And this protocol was basically incorporated the points, the issues that were adopted under the ILO documents. It regulates the precautions that need to be t- taken by the employer 
and by the employees, and also the administrative measures that can be considered or taken by the employer in order to mitigate its economic impact on the employer. To mention some of these precautions that are included under the law, the employer is required to avail the sanitary materials to employees to follow up and monitor the measures that are being taken within the working environment in order to protect the employees from being infected by the COVID-19 and also avoiding condensed environment and minimizing face-to-face meetings. And in relation to the obligation of employees regarding this COVID-19 prevention measure, the employees are also obliged to use these sanitary materials and masks at workplaces and not to convene in workplaces so that it can be prevented or at least the spread can be minimized. Regarding the administrative measures, termination is not included under the protocol as part of the measures that can be taken by the employer to mitigate the impact. So, Hamanat, that's an interesting update on all the different structural issues that face employers in Ethiopia. But let's talk about the general business climate. Would you say it's more pro-business or more pro-employee in Ethiopia? The labor law, I can say, is more of pro-employee because It provides the minimum conditions that an employer should fulfill in connection with employment relationships. The minimum conditions include working hours, the annual leaves, other special leaves such as paternity and maternity leaves, and leaves for special events are also regulated under the law. The employer cannot reduce these numbers from what's provided under the law. And also, there's a classification of uh, definite term employment and indefinite term employment. Employers are, in principle, required to employ workers for an indefinite period, except for a few grounds that are provided under the law, in which case definite term employment would be permitted. These grounds are only related with urgent workers that the employer needs to attend to or temporal replacement of an employee who is absent for a shorter period. Other than these causes, an employer is required to engage an employee on an indefinite term arrangement. And also the termination grounds are uh, exhaustively listed under the law. Uh, employers cannot terminate an employee except for those grounds stated under the law. So. In general, the employment laws are more of a pro-employee, but the business and labor force that's available in the country is really attractive for foreign investors because there's a large number of labor force in the country. Wonderful. Let's close our program with talking about some of these cross-border business opportunities in the region. A lot of companies now are opening up to more cross-border opportunities. I'd like to hear about what Ethiopia is like from that standpoint. And also, are there any significant immigration standards if people are coming to work? Sure, Peter. The cross-border business opportunities are really welcoming, especially with the recent legislative reforms that have been done by the government. And also the immigration standards have become very lenient. I can say uh, visa and uh, related procedures are very easy for a foreigner to come here and do business. But recently, an online visa platform has been introduced by the Immigration and the National Service, and any foreigner can apply for visa or a tourist visa via the online platform, and the visa will be provided upon arrival in Addis. And for some countries like Kenya and Djibouti, there's, there's no visa requirement for foreigners coming to Ethiopia for business purpose. 
So the visa process and uh, the immigration standards are very easy. Well, that was very interesting, and I appreciate all your feedback there. Thanks so much for your time, Hamanat. Thank you, Peter. If you'd like to connect with Hamanat Zaleka, you can find her bio by clicking on her name in the description of this podcast. Please visit ela.law to receive information on our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content from our online library, or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks so much for listening.